What's up, guys? Rick here with the betting and one and done preview for this week's Players Championship. We'll go through some outright bets, some head to head matchups, and then one and done options for this week. Reminder there are two live chats on Wednesday on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. The first is at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's our regular. Players Championship live chat that we do on Wednesdays so we can talk ownership and really anything that you want in that hour. And then at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Eastern time is the Jock Market Power Hour. That's Stock Market DFS. That's exploding. We're having a lot of fun with it. It's Joe Idonia and myself taking you through the final hour of the IPO phase, which is always a blast. So join, uh, join me for both of those and otherwise... Let's let's jump into some uh, some bets for this week. All right, so here is uh, the tournament uh, predictor, tournament simulator uh, that I put together each week. And and if you're new, I think there's going to be a lot of new people this week. Uh, what I do is is I I simulate this tournament. 1,000 times, and I take the results, and then I compare them to uh, the odds makers or the Vegas books, and we see if there's any value there. So that's essentially what you're looking at, and it it should be no surprise that uh, Dustin Johnson has the most win equity in this field. I have him winning my simulation 8.2% of the time, which is just about a half a percentage more than what the implied odds from bookmakers are. So not a ton of value on Dustin Johnson, but there appears to be a small bit. Next up is Rory McIlroy at 7.1%. And I, I was really just kind of scratching my head um, you know, this morning trying to find out how after a year of no wins, why Rory McIlroy continues to pop up as well in these simulations, and I, and I think I figured it out. And I want to I want to share the thought process, or at least what what goes into the model. And and really, it is about uh, the model takes into account a lot of things, but it takes into account specifically, uh, you know, your average strokes gained. What are you What are you gaining on the field every single time you tee it up? And then it also takes into account your volatility uh, in both directions. You know, to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour, for a lot of golfers, that has to be a ceiling week. How often are you getting to your ceiling so that you can hoist a trophy on Sunday? So while Rory McIlroy has failed to do it for essentially four rounds in a row, which is why he hasn't won since 2019, he still has, uh, and he routinely shows, one of the highest ceilings on the PGA Tour, which is which is why I think he continues to get a really good outcome in the projections despite not winning golf tournaments as frequently as he should. I mean, there are guys who are lower than him in the simulations, like a Patrick Cantlay, like a Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed. These guys have all won more frequently. Some of them have won multiple times since Rory McIlroy's last victory, but I thought it was worth noting you know, what goes into these projections, and, and it's really just a matter, which proves to me that it's really just a matter for Rory of doing it for four rounds. That's it. That That's literally the only thing. He has shown the ceiling. He has done it countless times uh, in this stretch without without victory, but he just has not been able to do it for four rounds in a row. The golfers that, that, that really jump out on the model are kind of right here. It's the Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, even Adam Scott section of, of this board here. You know, Patrick Reed, again, he wins a lot. 
He he hits his ceiling a lot. Now he's going to go to the Players' Championship and try to do that that big game hunting thing that he tends to do. But it's Justin Thomas who you know opened up at 22. Uh, I hope you got him there. Most most places have moved him to 20 at this point. You know I spent a lot of time on the Monday show, and I'll probably spend a lot more time this week talking about Justin Thomas about um, the the path to to his victory. And all of these guys have different paths to victory, right? We talk all the time about. Colin Morikawa was being uh, just put to a zero, be an average putter for the week. That's his path to victory. For Jordan Spieth, maybe his path to victory is be a zero driver of the ball and let the rest of it work out. You know, some of these guys have much more narrow paths to victory, right? If you scroll further down the list um, <clears throat> and you get to someone like a... I'm trying to find who a good example, like like Ricky Fowler would need to, would need to patch a lot of holes. Like his path to victory would essentially be... He gets better in every single category, uh, you know, much better than he's been for the last year, and do that for four straight days. So, so the path to victory is really important here, and and Justin Thomas's path is is one that is very reasonable to think that he gets to. Um, you know, he had one of his worst driving weeks ever at the WGC Workday in his last start. That's probably not going to happen again. Now, while he has been worse with off the tee this year uh, than probably any other season in his career, or at least in recent memory, it's not that bad. So if he is just a small gainer off the tee, he does what he did at Workday, which is gain somewhere between seven and nine strokes on approach, that would be great, and be a zero putter, um, That that's Justin Thomas's path. And that's not all that unrealistic considering what we've seen from him in his career, what we've seen from him recently. So uh, I jumped on that number uh, very early, as soon as I saw it at 22, it, it was mine. Um, you can still get it at 20. I still think it's fine. I'd probably get it down to 18, uh, but I, I don't know if I would go any further than that in, in a really deep field. Or if you don't care, if you don't care about the couple of points and you just want a guy to sweat on on Sunday and you think Justin Thomas might be that guy, then maybe that's the bet you make. And, you know, we, we do have to consider this week, uh, the players is pretty volatile. So, so yes, you get a very deep field, but, uh, you know, the argument that I've kind of been thinking about this week is think about the winners of the, of this event, just, just in recent memory, you've got, you've got Rory, you've got Ricky Fowler, you have Jason Day, you have Webb Simpson, you have Siwoo Kim, right? I mean, that, that there is not a clear, uh, thread between all of those guys, very different styles of play, all able to get it done at TPC Sawgrass. And that's kind of what we've seen over the years is there's not necessarily one perfect fit for this. There, it, it, with, with water lurking everywhere and the way that some of these holes play, it's a pretty volatile event. So if you're looking for bets further down the board, I think that's a good, a good strategy. <clears throat> One of the ones that gets me most excited, actually, there's two here. So there's 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 Max Homa, who I, I really don't think Max Homa is going to win again, right? He's, it would be it would be hard for anybody to win twice in a four start stretch, especially because he did it at um, at Riviera just a couple of starts ago. But he's playing really well. Had another top ten last week. The game's in great form. He's being priced at like 110 to one. I think that numbers pretty long. I would look at him in the top 10 market. Uh, but Sam Burns, you know, Sam Burns, if you were, if you rostered him in fantasy, uh, last week, you were burned by him. Uh, no pun intended. Actually, I guess pun intended. And, and really, um, this is a great spot to go back to him at 125 to one. So I, I, I don't care if he finishes last, uh, 50th, 
second. If I'm betting him outright, I only care about one spot. And if you're talking about in the same vein as Rory McIlroy, putting it together for four rounds, uh, Sam Burns hasn't done it. He's done it for like three and a half at a time. That's it. That was what he did at Riviera. Uh, but his ceiling this season has been incredible. And if we look at his golfer profile page, I mean, look at the metrics. The metrics off the tee are phenomenal. He's one of the best ball strikers on the planet. So he's ranking 21st in strokes gained off the tee. He's 33rd in approach. That aspect is much improved. This is by far the best season of his career in strokes gained approach. It's by far, uh, I shouldn't say by far, it's it's one of the best seasons uh, in strokes gained putting. He has dazzled us with some of his touch around the greens, even though the metrics aren't great there. Uh, he pulled off some shots at Riviera that were that were splendid. I think this is a really good chance to get a, a long shot with legitimate final group winning upside at the Players' Championship. While And because he didn't play well last week, it keeps his number this long, right? If he was very popular last week and he finished top five, maybe he's 80 to one, maybe he's 75 to one. Instead, he's 125 to one. Uh, so Sam Burns certainly catching my attention in a big way here. All right, let's head over to the head-to-head matchups here. And if you're new to this, again, this uses uh, a model that uh, was started by Joe Pita and and, and the guys over at Data Golf, and I've kind of put my own spin on it. And essentially all it does is it allows you to plug in any two golfers for any time frame, and it allows you to see the likelihood of one beating the other in a four-round matchup. That's really it. It's it's a very simple yet complex problem that we're trying to solve, and I think this does a pretty good job at it. So um, let's plug in a couple of these matchups here. And this one right off the top catches my attention because these are two guys I really like. They're two guys that I have on a season-long team, and it's Xander Shoffley versus Webb Simpson. Of course, Webb Simpson is a past champion here, and we're going to use the time frame of since the start of 2020. That's the time frame that I generally like to go to. If you want to do more recent, you can do that. Uh, both of these guys on an absolute upward trajectory over the course of that time frame, but it's Xander Shoffley who gets the nod at 58% to win this matchup. Now, DraftKings has this at minus 114 apiece. Uh, which I assume is, and as much as I love Webb, I assume that is coming because Webb is a past champion here. And I will tell you that, um, you know, looking at it over the course of the week, this this tournament history is is a bit inconsistent, right? There, it's volatile. There's there's guys who have, you know, Rory and Day both won this event after missing the cut the previous year. There have been guys who have played well and then missed two cuts in a row and then played well again. It's not as sticky as maybe some other courses that we like. So I don't necessarily enjoy paying for past champion status when I don't think it's as important. If this was the Masters, uh, if this was even like Tory Pines, if this was a place where where um, you know history is a bit stickier, I would be willing to pay for it. I'm not as willing to pay for it this week. Let's do this one. This is the one that's usually like the default one that I have loaded in here. Rory versus JT is a matchup this week. Let's do that. Wow. I have, um, I have Justin Thomas winning this 54% of the time, which is... I guess not all that surprising. I mean, they've both been they've both been great, Rory by his own standards, and really just hasn't won. That's that's really the only knock against Rory. He's been he's been great, but JT gets the nod at fifty four percent here, which means his money line should be about minus one twenty. Um, DraftKings has Rory as a small favorite, so I would 
I would shop this number, but I would see this. If you made me bet it, it would be the Thomas side. It's probably a no bet. If you do want to shop this number, um, and I forgot to plug this at the top, if you go to rickrungood.com slash bets, there are a bunch of offers for free bets and dollars from, from BetMGM and William Hill and uh, Bet Rivers. That if you sign up for an account, they give you just, like the, the promotions are crazy at the moment. So if you do want to shop it, if you want to take advantage of some free bets for the Players Championship this week, it's RickRunGood.com/bets. It helps me. It helps you. It helps everybody. Let's find one more here. Wow, this is a big number. So let's. This one might be fun because it's Colin Morikawa versus Jordan Spieth. Which longer term, Morikawa is just going to absolutely shred him, right? Let's do this. Yeah, Morikawa long-term, so since it's already 2020, wins this 69% of the time. I have him at minus 230. DraftKings has him at minus 175, so he's still a sizable favorite. But the clo- the, the shorter term you make this, yeah, the closer Jordan gets. So if you do since the summer, Jordan's up to 41% instead of 31%. If we go a little bit more recent, I can get Jordan to 44%. Now, remember, Morikawa is also one in this time frame. But let's do... I can get Jordan really close here. Yeah, actually, I can get Jordan to be a favorite since the start of October. Now, that's only a handful of starts for each one of these guys. But I think this is a really good um, thing to point out, which is like, hey, what time frame do you consider, right? You know, golf is very volatile. It's played four rounds at a time. That is nothing in the scheme of things. So what time frame do you consider? If it's longer, if you care about longer form, Morikawa is an absolute smash spot bet here. Uh, if you care about more recent play, then, well, you're getting a lot of value on Jordan speed. So that one you can kind of decide for yourself. But I, I think it's at least eye-opening to realize um you know, you've got to take this from multiple angles here. You can't just plug everything as much as I would love to plug everything into the simulator and just go with the results. We, we've got to make some actual human decisions at some point. All right, one and done this week. Uh, well, I'll, I'll show you the updates for the, the, the run good one and done, which is closing at the top. Key holds a very narrow lead over a storm of shanks, over Swarm 19, over Logan Dempsey, over Brandon K9, but that feels like it has tightened at the top five. And segment two is almost over. It's Segment two is uh, this week, the Players' Championship, and then the Honda Classic. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, all popular picks from last week. So segment two coming to a, a close here in just two events. Now, what are we doing for this week? Well, I will tell you, this is the largest prize pool in all of golf. It's 15 million bucks. It's 2.7 million for the winner. It's not going to be easy, but if you can capture that money, you are going to be in a great spot. I mean, think about that. That is more it's almost what did Homa get for Riviera? 1.6, right? That's what that's what Bryson got at the Arnold Palmer last week. So you're talking about another 1.1 million. It would essentially be like winning first and second at the Arnold Palmer or something like that, right? I mean, this I just cannot stress enough that this is a massive prize pool. If you were saving someone, now's the time. If you were, uh, like, like you, you should be, in theory, using a stud. So which stud do you use? Well, I'd make the case uh, that this man right here, Bryson, if if you have, uh, not, if you have already used him, obviously you can't. If you haven't used him yet you probably don't want to back him up after a win but that's not a real thing 
right? <laughs> like, okay, so so people don't win back-to-back because winning golf tournaments is hard, so I guess it is a real thing, but he is not less likely to win this week because he won last week, right? This is uh, a guy who is at the top of his game, who's going to go to a course that is relatively short, that he's going to be able to, in theory, d- dismantle these par fives. Uh, it's kind of, I think it's going to be scary what he does to what he does to Sawgrass if he can keep it in play, if he can keep the ball out of the water. And I think that he's going to be the one stud that you kind of. Um, get by you know get get it at a lower ownership because people don't want to run him back out there the week after he after he won the other one is is Dustin Johnson I, I mean I, I know it's easy to just hand out studs here but that's got to be the strategy for this week and and it's it's it seems rare to me a rare opportunity that um, the number one player in the world, would be kind of flying in under the radar because of the 10 strokes he lost putting at the workday in his last start. Like, I assume he's going to get that figured out. Outside of that event, he's been absolute magic. Um, You know, you see that he normally gets used at, uh, I mean, he's been used at most at uh, Genesis, at, at the WGC Mexico, he gets used at WGC events. I would like to kind of consider running him out at a player's championship with all that money at the top for a guy who... I think it's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. The chalk here is probably, um, it's probably uh, maybe Roy or Cantlay. I think Cantlay is going to be popular. I think Webb Simpson. Let's see what Webb, although Webb gets used kind of all over the place. What was Webb used at last year? Let's see. Yeah, Webb gets kind of used all over. Wyndham, Sony, Charles Schwab, Waste Management. Webb kind of gets used all over the place, so... Maybe that's not a great uh, a great example, but um, yeah, I I think those guys are going to be pretty chalky. I, I think if you're feeling frisky and you wanted to go a bit further down the board, I think Jason Day is interesting, right? He's won here in the past. Um, outside of Sunday, he played great last week, and then also he's basically played well for three three weeks in a row. Um, I would consider Jason Day. I'm a little bit scared of that his that his irons have have lost him a bit, but I I wouldn't mind that at all. That's probably as far down as I would go. Jason Day is like fifty to one. Obviously, there's a lot of guys in this field, so I, I normally wouldn't go to the fifties, but uh, this week with a deep field, I'm probably probably willing to. Let me know. Let me know who you're going to in this week's one and done. You can tweet me. It's at Rick Rungood. You can leave a comment below. Also, you can join us on Wednesday for the live chats. And you can just, I don't know, like the video on your way out, subscribe to the channel, help me help me out, much appreciated. Either way, best of luck this week, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll talk to you guys soon.